Okay. Right. Parshas Baloischa. I thought we would discuss a little bit in Parshas Baloischa. The mitzvah of candle lighting. The mitzvah of candle lighting that we have every Shabbos and every Yom Tov. And maybe we can derive some ideas from this that can give us a little bit more perspective on this beautiful mitzvah. You know, if you have to take a look at, in the words of Rav Weiss, the iconic view of a Jewish home, you would see a Friday night with the mother of the home sitting next to the candles, davening and crying for her children. It has become synonymous with Shabbos is Shabbos candles. And in fact, where does this actually come from? So nowhere in the Torah does it ever say that you need to light candles for Shabbos or Yom Tov. Never says it anywhere. It's something that the rabbis instituted. And interesting, it's not just a mitzvah on the woman of the home. It's a mitzvah on everybody in the home. But it happens to be that it's a mitzvah that gets preference to the woman. However, in the absence of a woman in the home, a man who lives by himself, or a man who's away from home, he has an obligation to light candles just like a woman does. What is the idea? Why did the rabbis feel it necessary to establish this mitzvah? So there are three reasons for this mitzvah. The one reason is oinig Shabbos, the enjoyment of Shabbos. What does that mean? When I have a meal and the meal is well lit, I enjoy the food better. When I can sit down and I'm not in the midst of load shedding. Yeah? I feel I, I feel the, the food is, is nicer, tastes better, it's more tasty. I enjoy people's company more. That is the one idea over here. That the concept of lighting the candles is that you enjoy the food more. Why is that important? It's important because on Shabbos, we're supposed to see Shabbos as an example of Oil and Mabo. It's supposed to be a taste of the next world. And like Rishlomo Zaman Oyabach says, it is like a Beisamikdush in time. That's why we can go into the nine days and there's no morning on Shabbos. Because Shabbos is like a new realm. It's like a new, it's like a, a new experience. It's like you're almost taking yourself out of the reality now and going into a different reality. So therefore... We want that we should enjoy it more because in Olam Abo in the next world, we're going to enjoy it so much more. We're going to enjoy the next world because it's a pleasure of which we cannot even describe. So that's the first reason why we light candles. Oinik Shabbos, enjoying the Shabbos. Second reason is covered Shabbos, honor to the Shabbos. I explain like this. At a wedding the other night, and at Santon Shul Hall, what they do is that for the weddings, on the roof, they put these long strings of lights. Are those strings of lights necessary to see? No, you could just do the lights regularly, it would be fine. But it's there to give honor to the occasion. When it's well lit, there's a lot of honor to the occasion. Just like when we have these fancy meals, they put candles on the table. Why did they put candles on the table? Do you need the candles? No, it makes it look nice. So it's a cover to Shabbos. It's an honor to Shabbos. Just like you would put that in. The lots of lights for a beautiful event, a 
conference, a wedding, the great Simcha. So too, Shabbos and Yontav, we have lots of lights because that gives honor to the occasion. Why is that so important? Because when you set something up in a very beautiful way, you almost feel that you rise to the occasion. You know, if you come into a, a room and the room's filthy, it's dirty, nothing over there is really looking very good. So you feel a little bit schlepperdick. You don't feel like you really want to put a lot into whatever's going to happen. But if you come into the room and it's neat, it's tidy, everything's set up beautifully, and there's these beautiful lights, you feel, oh, this is something special. And the way we say, the way you meyaches to it, the way you relate to it, is on a totally different level. The third reason brought down is shalom bais, peace of the home. What does this mean? So if you have, let's say, a good example of load shedding and there's no lights around. So what happens? People get grumpy with each other. They get upset with each other, right? Because they're knocking into each other. They can't, they can't uh, get to what they need. They can't find what they want. And that's a tremendous frustration. So in order that there should be shalom bayis, there should be peace of the home. So then what do we do? We put Shabbos candles. Now, according to the first two reasons, it would seem to be more applicable to the meal, that I should enjoy the meal, that it should look nice when I entertain people. That's oinek Shabbos and that's covered Shabbos. But the idea of shalom bayis applies to all the rooms of the house. And in fact, Rav Oshavais brings down. Mr. Buruh tells us the Chofetz Chaim that if you, you know, for the sake of Shalom Bayis, the whole house should be well lit because this way people can get on with each other nicely. They're not going to get as grumpy with everybody and they'll be in a good mood. And therefore we have a mitzvah. And I'll tell you a practical aloha based upon this idea. When you come into a room to light your candles, Often in that room, you've got your, your lights on the roof. Now, what's the point of lighting the candles if the lights of the roof are on before and are still on? So what you should do is you should turn off the lights. And then, turn on the lights, light the candles as all part of one act, and then you make the bracha after. So obviously, the bracha is primarily on the candles that you light. But even on the electric lights, it's included in the Shabbos candles, because it's bringing Shalom Bayis, because it's bringing honor to the home. And if it's in the place where you eat, it's bringing enjoyment, and it's bringing honor. So that's what you should have in mind when you light, because all the lights in the home are there for the same purpose. Okay. So there are three ideas we've seen. Three ideas behind why we have these candles. But why is it so critical? You know, we know that our rabbis tell us that if a woman has forgotten to light candles one time and it wasn't out of her hands, she was careless, there is a knas, there is a fine on her to light another candle. Okay. Whether we apply that today or not, in every case you have to ask a rabbi. But one thing you see though, one thing you see importantly is how important our rabbis consider and why is that the case? So we know that the way Yiddishkeit functions is based on the foundation of the home. The Jewish home is full of mitzvahs. 
full of mitzvahs. In a Jewish home, there are mitzvahs you can't do anywhere else. There's achnosis orchem, there's welcoming the guests. There's kindness of which you can only do in the home. There's the mitzvah of education of kids. There's the mitzvah of husband to wife. There are various mitzvahs that only apply like mezuzah, right? And what's the concept? Because the Jewish home is the place where you live Yiddishkeit. You know, to give an example, in Christianity, a person is considered religious if he's a church-going man. What? He goes to church once a week. Suddenly you see people gathering together for church. But that's not Torah. Torah is Torah Shaim. It's a Torah of life. And we want the home to be something that permeates with warmth, with life, with excitement. And to remind us of that, what do we do? We light the candles. We light the candles. We set the tone for what the home is supposed to be. Rashi, excuse me, the Chofetz Chaim brings down. Chofetz Chaim brings down one of the reasons why women have the mitzvah to light candles as a preference over men. He says it's because Chazal, our rabbis, tell us the following idea. They tell us that Chava Eve, what did she do? She caused death into the world by giving from the fruit of the tree in the Garden of Eden to Adam. And since she caused death to the world, so to speak, putting out the light of the world, which is men, so she therefore is Misake. She corrects this each week by bringing light. Now it's not just a symbolic idea this. It's much deeper. When a person has done something wrong, a person brought darkness in some way or other, the way to do teshuva to correct that is to bring light, is to go out of your way to build. You destroyed, lift up. You cut down, put a bit of life into the person. Since Chava did this, woman sees the opportunity to be the first ones to bring that light to the house. And of course, it's not just lighting the candles. It's not just putting, you know, the light on. It's about infusing an atmosphere with light. Pasuk says, Ki ner mitzvah or. A mitzvah is compared to a candle and Torah is compared to light. Or simcha. Light is sown for the righteous. And for those upright of heart is simcha, is joy. Light is also a parable for Torah. Because Torah is something that infuses with life. Torah is something that gives a person energy. Takes him out of a difficult situation. Puts him into a different realm. And this for us is what the candles symbolize. It's not just about the fact that the candles are there. But we ourselves have to be beacons of light to others. The Jewish people is called an orlegoyim, a light to the nations. What does it mean a light to the nations? We have to spread Torah. We have to show by our actions that we are people of the Torah. And through that, we can inspire, we can infuse, and we create a sanctification of God's name in this world. And this week's parsha, parsha is Baal We have the mitzvah of Menorah. 
And the mitzvah of Menorah is a very special mitzvah. How do I know it's a special mitzvah? Because our rabbis tell us the beginning of the parsha that at the end of last week's parsha, the Nesiyim, the princes, each brought up an offering for the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the portable temple. And each one infused their own little bit of themselves into that offering. And because of that, each one's contribution was stated separately, even though they gave exactly the same. You could have said, then the first prince gave this, and everyone followed. No, each one gave their own contribution. The one tribe that was left out of this was the tribe of Levi. And Aaron Akoyen was considered the head of Levi. And Aaron Akoyen was very upset. He was mitzayir. Because why can't I also bring up Hashem? I also want to be part of that offering. Amazing. This was to offer something of your own money, your own finances to the Mishkan. He didn't care. He wanted the opportunity and he wasn't afforded it. And Hashem did that on purpose. So that Aaron would yearn for it and want it. Hashem responded to that yearning. And he said to Aaron, I'm going to give you a mitzvah. That is a mitzvah that is going to be longer lasting than the mitzvah that the Nasim and the princes did. And that's the mitzvah of lighting the Menorah. Ask the Ramban, where do you see this mitzvah last longer? How can this mitzvah be one that lasts longer? The temple was destroyed, so... There's no Menorah anymore, says the Ramban, because we have a mitzvah that reminds us of the Menorah, that was established to remind us specifically of what happened, the miracle of the Menorah, and that was the Hanukkah lights. The Hanukkah lights is as a testimony. And you know, in Aloha, we treat it that way. If a person lights his Hanukkah candles, and he didn't have any specific intention, and there's the wicks left over, he's not allowed to throw them in the bin. Because the Ran says that as a din, it's got a locha like a menorah. Similarly, when you light the Hanukkah candles, you have to light it like you light the menorah. You hold the candle there over the flame until the flame comes up. You can't just hold it and pull your hand away. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have the, the mitzvah, the proper mitzvah. Proper mitzvah's got to be that you hold it and light it like they did the menorah. So what do you see from this chazal? You see from this the power of the mitzvah of Menorah and the power of giving light. Say Chazal the following medri- the following comparison. There was a king and the king called to his friend and said to his friend, my dear friend, I want to come and eat by you. Set up your house for me that I can come and eat by you. And the friend was embarrassed. How am I honestly going to entertain the king? What am I going to do? And he was very, very worried about this. And he didn't prepare properly. And the king came and said, what happened? And the friend said, ma'am, your majesty, I didn't feel I was able to provide for you. And the king said, you don't understand. It's not that I want to eat here because I feel that the possessions that you have, the entourage and everything is what I want. No, I want to be with you. That's what I want. I want to be with you. That's the Menorah. The Menorah is giving light, not because Hashem needs the light, but that we should know that we need to be those beacons of light and that our Kodesh Baruch is with us over here. When we light our Shabbos candles, let's think a little bit 
about the great beauty of this mitzvah and what it represents. Our rabbis tell us that at a time of a mitzvah is very opportune for tefillah, for davening. And therefore, it has become a custom in Klau Yisrael that when you light the candles, when you light them, you daven. You daven for your family, you daven for your children, you daven for Klau Yisrael. And there have been beautiful prayers that have been composed to be said specially by the Shabbos candles, by the Shabbos licht. Because it's a beautiful opportunity to daven. And says the Gemara, says the Gemara, Gemara says one who's careful with lighting the candles will merit to have children who tell me the Chachamim. And there are two versions as to what it refers to. One version is referring to the Hanukkah lights. One version refers to the Shabbos lights. Different opinions. But one thing is clear. We see that when you're lighting, there's a great power in that lighting. A great energy in that lighting. And this is what the Torah is teaching us over here with the, Chan- with the Menorah. That we have that power that Hashem has invested us with. And we should use it. You know, here in South Africa now, we've been going through a very difficult period. Not only has there been load shedding and electricity cuts and economic problems, but now the rain's gone through the roof and people are really struggling. People are suffering. Aside from the home pressures, other pressures, external pressures, everything around seems to be very difficult at the moment. And I don't think it's for nothing that Hashem has put the darkness here so that we have a little bit more attention when we bring the light. So that we have a little bit more tefillah. Now, I'll tell you interesting. In some places in the world where the economy and everything works beautifully, I know that there are more Jews there than here. And in those places... Often, the shuls stay empty. The base medrashas stay empty because people don't feel they have a need to look to HaKadosh Baruch But in South Africa, Baruch Hashem for the government, for doing all the damage they're doing. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch for pushing us towards you. And I think for that, there is an un- Believable benefit for all of us. And it's not just on a national scale, it's also on an individual scale. Where Kodesh Baruch Hu takes us and he puts us into a situation in our own personal lives where we feel the walls are closing in. And Kodesh Baruch Hu is saying, No, I'm pushing you towards me. I'm pushing you towards me. Come to me. Talk to me. Speak to me. I'm here and I want the relationship. But you've got to do something to make that relationship. The light has got to come from within us. Many years ago, there was a great, great authority over the Jewish people. Tremendous, tremendous personality. And this personality, he lived in Russia. And his name was the Heiliger Kedushas Levi Reb Levi Yitzhak Abedichev, who is known famously 
as we've mentioned sometimes before, is the great defender of the Jewish people. The great defender of them. He was a person who always looked at the good in Klai Yisrael, even when it seemed ridiculous at times, even when it seemed, you know, it didn't make any sense, he would always try and see the beauty. I want to tell you how beautiful that is and how much blessing that brings. The Gemara in Brachus, towards the end of the Masech, tells us a story. The famous Rebbe Akiva was traveling along and he came to a town and he asked for lodging. And they said, no, nothing doing, there's nowhere to sleep. Can you imagine Rabbi Akiva comes to a town, they don't give you any, they don't give him any place to sleep, nothing, no. He said, whatever Hashem does is for the good. And what did Rabbi Akiva do? He went and slept in a field. And he had with him a donkey, a chicken, and a lamp. So what happened? HaKadosh Baruch sent three things to take away every one of his three things. A lion came and ate the donkey. Cat came and ate the chicken. Wind came and blew out his light. He was left with nothing in the dark in the field at night. The next day he gets up, he sees the town has had a tremendous raid. Marauders have come through, have damaged, have hurt. And he escaped all of that. And he came to the people of town and he said, didn't I tell you? Everything Hashem does is for the good. Ask the Ben Ishchai. Why is Rabbi Akiva boasting? Here were people who were suffering. They went through a terrible time. Yes, they should have opened him, they tied their homes up to him. But this is how you treat them afterwards. No. Says the Ben Ishchai, Rabbi Akiva was explaining to them. Why is it that I was saved and you weren't? Because I said everything Hashem does is for the good. When you say that, you create reality. That, that made it that he was saved from those marauders. And because those people didn't do that, they weren't saved. The Kedushas Levi would look always at the good because he understood that that brings blessing in of itself. When you see the good, you bring brach. A lot of people, unfortunately, walk around filled with darkness. They walk around full with depression and down and for what? They don't gain anything through that. When you look at the Shabbos candles, ask yourself, am I also a beacon of light or am I a beacon of darkness? Rabbi Yisrael Salant of blessed memory used to say that a person who walks around with a frown is a boar, he's like a pit in the middle of the street because what is a pit? People fall into it. When a person walks around with a frown on his face, you know what that shows? You know what that is? That's putting everyone in a bad mood. HaKadosh Baruch should bless us. Now we should remember the candles, the Shabbos candles. Think about what the messages are. Think about the enjoyment that light brings. Think about the honor that light brings. Think about the peace that light brings. And when we realize that, and we put that into ourselves. You know what we can turn? We can turn now to our Kodesh Bochel and say, Kodesh Bochel, I'm trying to do something to be like you. Hashem should bless us all that we should be zoicha to this. Merit this and give this. And please God, we should merit to not only 
spiritual light, that physical light in our homes here in South Africa. Okay, we're going to finish a few minutes earlier tonight because uh, I've got to go and get...